Welcome to the Market Leaders Podcast, where you'll find valuable marketing and business development insights from legal innovators. The podcast series is brought to you by Ackert, the company behind Practice Boomers, Practice Viewer, and Practice Pipeline, the leading business development pipeline management tool for law firms. Hello and welcome back to the Market Leaders Podcast. I'm David Ackert, and today my guest is Dave Southern, the Chief Marketing Officer at Baker Hostetler. Dave, great to have you on the program. Thanks, David. Great to be here with you. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your firm. Sure. I have been at the firm at Baker Hostetler for the past just over six years. Baker Hostetler celebrated its 100th anniversary two years ago, founded in Cleveland over 100 years ago, has now grown to a national firm with a footprint of 14 offices coast to coast. We have almost a 1,000 lawyers who are practicing across the board. It's a full-service firm. Approximately half of our business is litigation. The rest of our lawyers are housed in practice groups that include business, tax, employment, and intellectual property. We're probably best known as a firm as the law firm that has been unwinding, and it continues to to go on, but unwinding the Bernard Madoff Ponzi scheme was Mm. discovered just over 10 years ago. We have, out of the $17 billion that was uh, stolen uh, from people, we have, have actually recovered almost $13 billion of that and returned it to those who were the so-called net losers in that Ponzi scheme. So while we're probably best known for that work, the fact of the matter is we've also had some great success across the board setting aside that particular significant bit of work in that we've had a compound annual growth rate across each of our practice groups of about 8% over the past six years. Obviously, that's something we're quite pleased with given that our industry has been characterized as flat to declining over that time frame. Yeah, very true. So a thousand lawyers, you must have a pretty significant department. Tell us a little bit about the group of people that you manage. Sure. Well, we have approximately 45 uh, members of our team that are housed in various offices across the firm. We have a, a business development team, which makes up maybe half of that group. We have them essentially functioning as embedded members of the practice groups and the practice teams and the industry teams. We also then have a terrific competitive intelligence group, a public relations group, which includes a social media focus. And in addition to that, we have marketing services, which provides a a range of different services in terms of collateral development and other communication services. Those are the functional breakdowns of our team. But we've been quite successful in establishing an idea that access to any one of our members is, in fact, access to the wonderful world of business development and marketing at Baker Hostetler. And so I'm really proud of the fact that we've got people who are quite attuned to understanding what lawyers need when they're coming to us and and really identifying who the right resource is and making sure that we get them to the right resource. Very good. So you are a team of about 45 people. Your vision for this group is what? How are you planning to grow your team in the coming months and years? We are a critical part of something that's been happening at our firm that I think has been really encouraging and in fact probably has contributed pretty significantly to the growth that we've achieved. And that is that that the firm's focus from the standpoint of the lawyers, from the firm's management, from our team, across the board, 
has really been heightened with respect to client needs. So when I came into the firm six years ago and started meeting with the team that existed at the time and the team that we were building, we were really focused on making sure that whenever we work with the lawyers, we were helping them to do a better job of understanding what clients' needs really are in every situation that we were facing and to to do the best they can in terms of identifying the right resources and getting those resources to meet the client's needs, hopefully better than anybody else could. And so that's something that's been a very, very important focus for us. It's really been our mission. And it's something that I've been really pleased that we've had some good progress in doing. When I first arrived, you didn't really hear people talking about client needs very much. But honestly, today, our Lawyers at all levels of the firm, including our, our top management, are always talking about and focused on client needs. And I, I know that our team has been an important part of, of helping to reinforce that on a day-to-day basis. I'm sure no coincidence that your 8% year-over-year growth rate ties to that same six-year term. So I wish you a continued success with this client-centric approach at the firm. Thank you. I like to think of it that way, but <laughs> and I do hope, as, as you have uh, wished for me, that we do continue that. Thank you. So I'm going to uh, switch gears a little bit here and talk about an interesting initiative that you've been focused on that's not only included your team, but others at the firm around this concept of agile teams. Can you walk us through that? Sure. We have, over time, put together teams of people pretty much multifunctional teams. In other words, we'll bring people from the business development area, from the competitive intelligence area, from the PR area together to address specific issues and, and concepts. And it's always been something that I that I have thought is important. I want to get the right people together in the room to help solve problems. But what was interesting to me is most recently, I had seen a, a series of articles, both in Harvard Business Review, and then also in the McKinsey Quarterly. And in In fact, there are a couple of articles that I would recommend to anybody to read in the July 2018 issue of the McKinsey Quarterly, one on the Agile Manager. And this article described the challenge, I think, in a really interesting way, particularly for the kinds of of, uh, organizations like law firms that are matrix organizations, you know, where we've got a geographic focus on our business, we have an industry focus on our business, we have a practice group or functional focus on our business. And at various times, you look at it in those different ways. But here's what they had to say about agile teams. First of all, they characterize the kind of traditional organization chart type structure that everybody's used to that focuses on functional capabilities. In other words, business development here, public relations there, competitive intelligence there, and so forth, Mm -hmm. as being chapters. So they literally call those the chapters within an organization. And they, they say that chapters essentially describe the how of the organization. How do we get things done? What are the ways that we do these things? And you have essentially specialists who are good at their jobs, who know what they're doing, and can contribute to the organization on that functional basis that are housed within these chapters. Then they talk about this concept that they call tribes. And this is one that I thought was really interesting because tribes to the McKinsey people represent the what of the organization. And they characterize tribes as being typically organized around value creating ideas, big ideas, big projects that are quite important to the organization. And these tribes essentially rent the resources from 
the chapters. In other words, they get the right functional specialists to participate in and contribute to the process that uh, that is taking place. And tribes, of course, they're they're formed around specific ideas and they work. And then after they're no longer needed or you've accomplished the goals there, you move on and form other tribes. And the leadership for these tribes can come from different areas, too. Uh, and then finally, they talk about a third organizational unit, which uh, they call squads. And squads are basically smaller working units that are organized around very specific tasks in support of the activities that the tribes are, are taking to heart. The squads probably form and disappear more rapidly because they exist in order to help people to accomplish what their goals are over the short term. Perhaps it's a matter of gathering information that is needed in, a, in order to support a decision process and so forth. One of the projects that we had been working on that I thought was a really good example of this is we had determined some months ago that it was really important for us to to refine our content strategy. So content has always been important to us. And one of the key ideas that we've been trying to promote over the past several years is anytime we have the use of intellectual capital, whether it's in the development of a webcast or a seminar or a conference or something, we've always challenged ourselves to look for opportunities to extend that capital, to extend its use and to find other additional ways to communicate it effectively. And obviously, you know, things like social media are quick opportunities to do that sort of thing. But we've also, in many cases, recast and reformatted the information in order to be able to provide it into the hands of our lawyers so that they can work with their targeted contacts and make sure that, that we have you know, another opportunity for a quality contact point to make another impression. What we specifically formed this content strategy team around was to try and identify what are going to be the most effective ways to get through to our target audiences. As we all know, a law firm working with a client is not working in isolation. There are typically 30 or 40 or more law firms that do have contact with and work for those organizations. So it's important that the content that you provide is put together in such a way as to be, first of all, most relevant, secondly, most useful, and third, cut through with impact. And so there are a lot of issues that we felt we needed to address in order to come up with the kinds of formats and uh, processes that were going to help us to be effective all across the board. So in order to do that, we named a leader of this Agile team or this tribe who was our um, director of public relations, Laura Sharp. She's a very talented communications executive, and she leads this group. But we've got members of our business development team as a part of this. We have writers from our collateral team involved with this. We have designers involved as well. And then in addition to that, quite importantly, we have lawyers too, particularly those who have been involved in the development of content in the past. And so all of these people are working together on this tribe, if you will, in order to be able to ensure that we're getting to the best possible result. There have been other situations too. I mean, when you get right down to it, the formation of a budget for the entire department is largely that same kind of an activity where, you know, there's a very specific objective that we have in mind. It does cut across our functional capabilities and we need the input of a number of different people. And so uh, maybe that's not quite as, as long-term a, a tribe as uh, the content strategy tribe would be, but we have been doing that, taking that approach for the budget as well. 
This framework that you're sharing with us, I think, is really important to take to heart at a law firm where you have distinctions like lawyer versus non-lawyer. So any leadership committee is going to be made up of lawyers and the non-lawyers are pining for a seat at the table, or you have turf wars between professional development and business development or between PR and marketing or whatever it might be. And so everybody kind of sticks to their lane. And of course, the degree of collaboration and idea sharing, and ultimately the result is limited by that limited thinking. So this concept of chapters and tribes and squads, and regardless of what title you wear on your business card, you are likely to find yourself in one or any of these at any given point in time based on the business need. So it's less about political, it's less about the background or your pedigree, and much more about what can you contribute to this outcome. And let's get you on that tribe so that you're working with colleagues at the firm so that it's going to happen as efficiently and effectively as possible. Yeah, David, you're exactly right. It, 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 one of the benefits of it is indeed that kind of breaking down of barriers that you were just describing. There's also been another benefit to it, which is, has been really gratifying as well. And that is people who are functioning in a very specific area and their day-to-day work maybe doesn't provide a range of the activities and, and opportunities to innovate and think outside the box that really feeds their soul. The fact of the matter is that participating in these kinds of teams enables people to maybe flex some new muscles and get involved in things that they hadn't been involved with before. And so I think it's really important to their overall professional development and creates a much more satisfying experience. Yeah, I could see someone who is perhaps more junior on your team thinking to themselves, all right, well, I've got to put in my first three or four years of scut work and I've got to manage spreadsheets or I've got to, you know, manage this one very narrow sort of function before hopefully I can earn the credibility to start contributing at a more strategic level when, in fact, at your firm at least, they could easily find themselves on a tribe where they're working side by side with a partner on an initiative that is very interesting to them and and helps them to develop their capabilities in an accelerated fashion. That's exactly right. And the and exposure that you get from that kind of an opportunity, too, given that we oftentimes are working across, as you had identified early on, not just various functions of our team, but across the finance team, the IT team, and importantly, the lawyers as well. Careful, Dave. It sounds like you're innovating at a law firm. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of talk about that, but I hear very few examples that uh, I haven't heard before somewhere else. So I'm uh, glad to know that you're uh, making this happen at at Baker Hostetler. So I want to conclude, we're almost out of time here with a question. Let's say that you did find yourself in dialogue with an early stage marketer or business developer, and they asked you for some advice. What should I do? Maybe my firm isn't structured in this way that you just described. What's just kind of a a general principle or a concept or something that I can apply to contribute to my success in this dream? David, I I think probably the most important thing, I think it's pretty simple from my perspective, and that is I would really value someone who takes the initiative to say, I know that this particular project that you started is really important. Is there any way I can help contribute to that? I'd love to be a part of the team. I'd love to help to to make that be successful. And so, honestly, even if their background and experience is not in such a place that, that it would automatically cause you to conclude, yes, this is a really important member of the team. We have to have this person involved. The fact that they have that enthusiasm, the fact that they have that desire to learn 
is really important to me. And I, I just think that's incredibly powerful. And that, that makes such a huge impact and uh, such a great impression, I think, for, for leaders to see people who really do want to stretch, want to try something new. Obviously, there are, pro- there are probably limits to that at some point. But, but the fact of the matter is that somebody who, who can think and build a realistic case for them being involved in something and, and thinking and actually speaking up and coming forward and saying, I'd like to be a part of that, I think is a really important trait for somebody to have. Yeah, great point. And I think it's a good reminder to all of us that no matter what stage we are in our careers, it's never too early to start demonstrating leadership. That's right. Well, well said, Dave. Really appreciate your time today and your concepts, some of the good work you're doing at the firm. I reiterate my wish for success, ongoing success at Baker Hostetler. And thanks for sharing some thoughts with us today. Thanks so much, David. I really appreciate it. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Market Leaders Podcast. For more business development resources, visit ackertinc.com.